0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the cost of salvation. What do you possess do you think can help you to get to heaven?
1: What do you think you can buy on earth here that will promise you heaven? Nothing wrong with things, please understand me. But if you're trusting those things or if you're living for those things, you are dead while you live. For what is a man profited if he should gain the whole world and lose
0: his soul? Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Receiving gifts are fun, but there's one gift that is even greater, all because of who the giver is. Today, Pastor Xavier explores the most incredible gift ever wrapped up for mankind from his current study in the Book of Acts. Open up your Bible to Chapter 8 for today's lesson, Salvation of the Ethiopian. Salvation is... The mystery of God,
1: as well as the gift of God. And though we may not understand how God is at work in every situation before salvation, we do know that God works to bring about salvation. He died for the whole world. He wants to save mankind. Yet he knows not all will receive him. The case of the Ethiopian eunuchs here in his conversion gives us a clear picture of how God brought salvation to this Gentile proselyte. And there's some common denominators that we know will always be present. So let me read here in chapter 8, verse 26 to 40. He says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south among the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and he went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him. He heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before his shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth In his humiliation his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said I ask you of whom does the prophet say this of himself or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and, beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here's water. What hinders me to being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And so he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now, when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities, till he came to Caesarea. The case of the eunuch's conversion here gives to us a good picture of how God worked To bring the gospel to this Gentile convert. It consists of the following. First, God used Philip to reach out to the Ethiopian eunuch. Verse 26 through 28. He used the man. Secondly, verse 29 through 35. God used Philip by the spirit of God to illuminate the Ethiopian eunuch. The man of God through the spirit of God. And then 30, 36 to 40, God used Philip to offer salvation to the Ethiopian eunuch. He asked him for his decision. Very, very important. Now, let's look here how God used Philip to reach out to the Ethiopian eunuch. 30, 26 to 28. Notice in 26, Philip was told by the angel of God to leave Samaria and to go to Gaza. The command was to arise and to go. The instruction arise is in the aorist tense. It speaks of immediate action. This is not a suggestion. This is not an option. God is the one who calls a shot. Philip is to be the servant of God. He gives us instructions. The word go is in the imperfect present middle, indicating continuous action. Regardless of what place, what time, whatever situation, when God speaks to me, I am to obey. You are to obey. This is the failure of many churches. They, they, they glory in what they know. They study the scripture for intellectual knowledge, but they never touch it for application. If you think that you're just a great walking Bible handout book or encyclopedia without having to make application, you're deceived. Greater condemnation to you. You must live what you hear. God will hold you and I responsible to that. Now notice, angels are God's ministering spirits, as you know, to the earth's salvation, Hebrews 1.14. Earlier in the book of Acts, in Acts 5.19, an angel had delivered Peter from prison. We saw that already. Angels are created... Of a free will. One third of them followed the rebellion of Satan. Revelation 12.4 tells us. Yet angels cannot be redeemed. They cannot be forgiven. Gehenna was made for Satan and his angels. Matthew 25.41. They have a free will. They are ministering spirits to the earth. Salvation for us. Those who rebelled against God now are in the kingdom of Satan. Okay, But they cannot be redeemed. Yet God used his angels, his ministering spirits to the earth's salvation. Now, Samaria, as you know, was responding to the gospel as the church was scattered through the persecution of, and Philip was the key person here who brought the gospel to them. But notice how God used it. Remember in Acts 1 8? Jesus said, You shall be witness to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Jerusalem was over, it had been established, they had had the privilege. Persecution of Stephen, Paul consenting, alias Saul. And yet now, through the persecution, God uses it to take him to Judea, which runs Jerusalem, and Samaria north. The next level comes in. Persecution has never hurt the church. It has always purified and made it grow. It is comfort, it is wealth, apart from Christ, that kills the church. And too often, we're more interested in our buildings... And the type of clothes that we're wearing to impress one another. The kind of cars we drive. And all of that adds up to one big zero if our heart is not one with Christ. You understand what I'm talking about? Nothing wrong in and of themselves. But, but somehow the, the, the stupid things get turned around. The people had received the gospel. They had been baptized in Samaria, as you know. The sorcerer Simon had also received the gospel and had been baptized Yet Simon the sorcerer had made a mistake attempting to buy the gift of the Holy Spirit so that he could operate anytime he wished for himself. There was a sharp rebuke from Peter calling him to repentance. You want to argue whether he truly was born again or not? I don't really care. Peter recognized that he had to repent from his hard attitude. The problem is always the heart. I don't know what's in your heart. But if I let you run, I let time run, then I will know where you're coming from. Time is a test of all things. God will give you rope. You can either swing by it to get the other side or you can hang yourself. It's all up to you. Don't blame God. You are an individual. What are you going to do with the scriptures? It's up to you. Gaza was a deserted place that tells us. The distance was about 60 miles southwest of Jerusalem, close to the border of Egypt. And this was the road back to Ethiopia. A total of 95 miles from Samaria. A considerable distance to travel in those days. And yet, Philip here, as we see, was obedient. He was a servant of the Lord. He didn't have Laban's kid. Well, I don't know. How, how am I going to get there? Well, you know, I can't. He just heard and he went. Now notice beginning 27, Philip obeyed, he rose and he went, and he did not allow the success of Samaria to hinder his obedience to go somewhere else when God called him. This is the failure of so many in Christ. Both verbs, he arose and went, are in the aorist tense implying prompt obedience. Too often people want to congregate around a work rather than propagate the work. It's real simple. One turns inward, the other one looks outward. Philip was a very wise man. He didn't allow the multitudes to influence him. Here he is being a servant of the Lord. The kingdom does not belong to him. The message is not his. He hasn't saved anybody, so he's not impressed. And yet it was the first time the gospel had reached the Gentiles in an official manner. In fact, they sent representatives down to find out and check it out and see if it's good, right? Did it get him pumped? No. He hears the voice of God. He's gone. All he cared about was being obedient to the next command of the Lord. The problem is we get caught up with names. Fame. It becomes an obstacle to the gospel. He knew God guides a step at a time to prove our genuine faith and trust. Think through it with me. He had been raised up as a deacon. Acts 6. We say, well, just a deacon. No, no, wait a minute. Remember the qualifications? Men full of the Holy Spirit, good reports, on and so forth. The deacons that come here at 5 o'clock in the morning to pick up cigarette butts, the beer cans in the parking lot, the leaves, the toilets to scrub them. They're some of the most spiritual men of the church. God has sent him to Samaria and Acts 8 from being a, a, a waiter on tables. He sent him to Samaria. He went. God now has sent him to the Ethiopian unit one step at a time. God does not reveal everything all at one time in our lives. Thank God we'd run the other way. But listen to me. What you do today will be the foundation of what he calls you to do tomorrow. You understand what I'm talking about? So often we are procrastinators. We're just sluggards. Particularly in America. Because comfort has crippled us. He knew obedience was better than sacrifice. 1 Samuel 15, 22. You remember Saul. Notice Philip saw a man of Ethiopia then. The rest of 27 and 28. He was a eunuch, one to oversee the bedchamber or harem of women that belonged to the king. The expression behold implies a sudden sight and surprise. This is a deserted place. This is down towards that road. You don't expect to find nobody. Whoa, here's this guy. Eunuchs were castrated to pose no sexual threat to the women, as you know. Eunuchs were barred from the congregation, Deuteronomy 23.1. 1. Eunuchs were given a tremendous promise on the scriptures and future hope, Isaiah 56, 3 through 8. Here is this Ethiopian eunuch. And so Philip looks, and he was a man of great authority under Candace, the queen mother of Ethiopia, we're told here. Candace is a title like Pharaoh, he had great influence. Great power had been vested to him. He was in charge of all the treasury. A man of responsible stewardship. A man of loyal character. He had come to worship at Jerusalem. To worship. And now he was returning. He had traveled far to make his pilgrimage. As a demonstration of his devotion to God. And God saw his heart. He saw his need. He didn't want him to just end up with some religious Rituals going on. God was doing a new work. The Messiah had come. And so he saw his heart. And only God can see our heart. And he honored his heart. Though he was returning. And yet God meets him there. Notice he was sitting on his chariot. And he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Whether he obtained the scroll at Jerusalem. Or possessed his own copy is unknown. But it demonstrates to us he was a man of means. Scrolls were not cheap. And they were handwritten. They didn't have printing presses. (laughs) And here he is. And Isaiah was God's prophet. Think about it. Who was called by God to call his people to repentance from their sin. And not to trust Egypt as an alliance rather than him. Remember the book of Isaiah? The arm of flesh. Now here you have this Ethiopian Coming from the direction of Egypt, from North Africa. And now it's the reverse. He's reaching out to him. To use him and his nation. Charlemagne gave instructions that when he died, he should be buried. Seated in the royal posture of the ruling monarch on the throne. Then he directed that the gospel should be laid on his knees. His sword besides him. His imperial crown on his head. And the royal mantle on his shoulders. In this way, his body remained for 180 years. About 1000 AD, the tomb was opened by the Emperor Otho. They found the skeletal remains of Charlemagne. The skull was wearing the crown, and the body finger of the skeleton was pointing to the verse of scripture. Are you ready for it? For what? Is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul. Matthew sixteen twenty six. What do you possess? Do you think can help you to get to heaven? What do you think you can buy on earth here that will promise you heaven? Nothing wrong with things. Please understand me. But if you're trusting those things or if you're being distracted by those things, if you're living for those things, you are dead while you live. The various relics were collected and used in the coronation of the emperors of Germany to signify their greatness and succession from Charlemagne. But let's remember where that finger pointed to. He wanted everyone to remember that the most important thing is your relationship with Christ. Because you will leave everything one day. They will not even bury you with your shoes you understand what I'm saying? Am I speaking against material things? No. But I want you to understand the danger of those things that take the place of the Lord. God is interested in my obedience to his will more than my work for him. Though often, my obedience will lead me to his work. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, His handiwork created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which were ordained before the foundation of the world, that we might walk in them. Today's obedience is the foundation for tomorrow's work. You understand? And too many people don't obey, and then they wonder why they have problems or why God isn't using them. You understand? But also let me say that God doesn't just use me because I'm 100% obedient. Because if that was the case, He would never use us. You understand? I'm in the same boat as you are. I'm not exalting myself against you, but I understand the principles of Scripture. Peter obeyed the will of God when he sent him to Cornelius' house. Here you have the foundation for that. He had heard about Philip. But even then, he was still a little reluctant, right? But he went. As God directed him a step at a time. God is looking to see if I am settled in comfort and security in what God has done. Or... If I am open to venture out in the faith as he guides my steps, Psalm thirty-seven twenty-three. the steps of a goodly man are directed by the Lord. God's thoughts and his ways are higher than the heavens, different from our ways. And that is why God called Philip away from the flourishing place to a desert place, Isaiah 55, 8, and 9. Because God's not impressed with multitudes. God used Philip to reach out to the Ethiopian eunuch. Real simple. He is lost. He saw his heart. Notice, secondly, twenty nine through thirty five. God used Philip by the Spirit of God to illuminate the Ethiopian eunuch. In verse twenty nine, Philip was led and guided by the uh, to the Ethiopian. The Spirit said to Philip, "The Spirit said to Philip, the Holy Spirit of God resides in the believer, and He speaks personally. If you are born again, God speaks to you." And you are to obey. The Holy Spirit will later in the book of Acts. In Acts 13.2. Will say separate unto me Barnabas and Saul. For the work of the ministry which I have called them. The problem today is. People are sent by churches and committees. And not God. The problem today is. The churches finance the works of the men they send. Rather than God sending the man. And the man depending on God. And so we cripple the man. We make him deaf, blind, and cripple spiritually because they're dependent on the church or other things instead of God. And I see the ineffectiveness of the gospel due to the methods of man, not God. The Spirit guided Philip specifically, go near and overtake us ch- to the chariot. The timing was chosen by God. The approach was given by God. How, when, where, who God will tell you Here you are, it's 10.30 at night And and you open up the refrigerator And there's no milk Oh, I gotta get milk And you think, oh, this is. I need milk I go down there But it's not milk that really God has used that milk to get you down To go to Vaughn's Because there's a lady there Or a man there That he wants you to share As you walk in But are you so busy with your milk That you just So someone goes to hell because of milk You understand what I'm saying? Philip engaged the Ethiopian in conversation. Verse 30 and 31. Philip ran to him. And he uh, heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He's reading aloud. The prophet Isaiah's name means Yahweh is salvation. How interesting. You can just imagine if you were reading and someone all of a sudden ran up to you. What the heck is this guy doing? It's a desert place. He has his entourage. Here he is. Here again. These are natural circumstances. God has prepared the heart of Ethiopia for God works on both ends to tie them together, does he not? Philip questions him and says, Do you understand what you're reading? The question. Could have certainly been offensive to the Ethiopian's pride. He's a powerful man. Influential. He goes, who do you think you are? He calls one of his guys to throw a lance through him or something. It's a desert place. He's open. The question was in line with what was in his heart and the need of the Ethiopian. The spirit brought him. He's tying them both together. And so in 31, the Ethiopian acknowledged his ignorance of the passage and his need of help. Oh, what a breakthrough. Man is so proud. You know what you're reading? (laughs) Yeah, 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 I do. We are so proud. And he said, how can I unless someone guide me? Do you think this guy was prepared? (laughs) Listen to me. God is always on time. So we must make sure that we are in line with God's timing. The acknowledgement of one's need of help is so basic and so necessary. He asked Philip to come up and to sit with him. The request must come from one's own free will. We know when we're sharing with someone, they're uncomfortable. So we need to be sensitive because we don't save people. We can't convict people. We can't convince them to go to heaven. We can't bring conviction. Only God can. So I need to know when to back off and pray. This guy's ready. Notice in 32 and 33. Philip heard the Ethiopian reading from Isaiah regarding the suffering servant. The servant song passage was it went to Isaiah you remember. The passage is found in the 53rd chapter of Isaiah, verse 7 and 8. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, as a lamb before his shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In 33, the second verse depicts the undeserved punishment for man to be declared. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth? Who will declare his generations not the Jews they rejected the Messiah it's the church now those who are born again you who have come to Christ you who have pulled from darkness into light you who have been forgiven for every sin you who have eternal life you're the ones who declare his generation I'm the one who declares generation. I was there when it happened you've got everything you need you know John 3 16 you've got the whole Bible for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but everlasting life. You need nothing else if you know nothing else. It'll do until you grow more. You understand? All of us have the ministry of reconciliation. Not one person in the entire church is not called to the ministry of reconciliation. Because you know what it is to be saved. And you know how it is that you got saved. By the Word of God. By the conviction of the Spirit. And He changed your life.
0: Pastor Xavier Rees and the real values of the gospel. And there's much more to come next time. But if your schedule won't permit you to tune in though, you can pick up your own copy of this message and the title to ask for is Salvation of the Ethiopian. It's available on CD for only $4. And make sure you pass on this study to someone in your church or Bible study. So once again, the title to ask for is Salvation of the Ethiopian or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing And thanks for including the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the impact of this ministry in your area. Are you ready to be used by God? That's what we'll look at on the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Hope you join us then.